Today's scripture reading comes from 1 Corinthians 6, verses 12 through 20. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. This is the word of the Lord. You know, my body is slowly breaking down. That reality first hit me about three years ago. I was trying to prove to my son that I could, in fact, dunk a basketball. And in the process, at age 36, tore my calf muscle pretty severely. I walked with a cane for six weeks after the fact. Probably the fact that my body is breaking down should have hit me sooner than that. I did start balding at age 25 or 26, after all. Now, as I push 40, where I used to be able to eat a whole bowl of ice cream before bedtime and have nothing but the oh-so-good memory of having eaten my favorite thing in the world, now, if I try to eat sweets before bed, I wake up in the middle of the night, jittery, with heartburn, or indigestion. I feel every single one of my years. I could take the reality of my slow bodily breakdown and respond in a couple of ways. I could ignore what my body is telling me and keep the same habits in pursuit of pleasure, tearing muscles and defying my my digestive system. I could grow bitter and angry, living in the past, remembering the glory days when I could down a pint of ice cream and feel nothing but satisfaction. I could just resign myself to it, embrace being an old man, and start preparing for a permanent dwelling six feet under. But do you realize something? All those responses are less than Christian ones. Willful ignorance of my situation, anger about it, or resignation to it, are all common responses to the slow decay of our physical frame. But they are not quite Christian. You see, Christians believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And his resurrection 2,000 years ago has sent ripples across history and creation. Christ's resurrection means that we who follow him should think of our bodies in a fundamentally different way than others do. Now you can see from verse 15 of today's passage that someone in this ancient church in Corinth is either going to a prostitute or has asked St. Paul's blessing to do so. 
And Paul is like, what the what? A prostitute? No. In these nine verses, he not only gives that answer to the question, but he also gives a theology of the body in light of the resurrection. Today, I want to briefly draw out three implications of the resurrection and our bodies. See, in our world, we tend to think that the body is for pleasure. We live in a world in which we are constantly being sold on the idea that our bodies are for pleasure. They're, they're, they're just pleasure-receiving devices. And, and the more things we can buy, the more sex we can have, the more delicious food or incredible experiences we can have in our bodies, the better off we are. But this passage undermines that idea. The body is not for pleasure. Yes, the body can enjoy pleasure, but that's not the purpose of it. That's not the point. One reason that God gave us a body was, first of all, so that we could obey him with it. The body is for obedience. He says in verse 13 that the food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. I want you to stop and ask yourself this question. What shape does faith take? What shape does faith take? We tend to think of faith as a, as a mental process, an idea that we agree to. But this is simply not true. We are body and soul as human beings. Our spirit, our mind is where faith resides, where it take, takes root, it's where it changes us. But, but if faith only stays there, it isn't true faith. James 2.26 says that faith without works is dead. Faith works out from our souls into our bodies, and the manner in which we manifest our faith in the world is through obedience to God and His commandments. We obey with our minds, but we also must obey with our bodies. Failure to obey with our body is a misunderstanding of what Christian faith truly is. So now ask yourself this question. What shape did Jesus' faith He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. 1 Peter 2.24 says, We saw the shape of Jesus' faith, his complete and utter giving over of himself to his Father's will as he hung on the cross. Faith comes from our heads and hearts out into the world through the medium of our bodies. And faith with our body looks like obedience. Obedience without faith is pointless, but faith without obedience is dead. A person who trusts Christ, believes in his resurrection, and believes that one day we will be raised up for eternity, that person knows that their body is not for pleasure. That person knows that their body is for obedience. Obedience. What an unsexy word. You, you don't win friends and influence people by leading with words like obedience. Come on, Jeff. I know. 
But our body is for obedience because it's meant for something more beautiful and profound than any earthly pleasure we may enjoy. The second thing to see in this passage is that the body is for communion. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 15 and 17 and 19 say this, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never! Verse 17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. And then verse 19 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? See the infinite power at the center of the universe? The the all-surpassing ecstatic love that set everything in motion at the Big Bang. God Himself, He desires communion with us. He wants to be known by us. But not just known, embraced by us. Not just embraced, but loved by us. Not just loved, but united to us. Not just united. No, He wants communion with us. The mystery of how and why our thrice holy Creator would desire to know us more intimately than any two earthly lovers ever have is deeper than my tiny brave could possibly fathom. But that mystery, that our bodies are made for communion with God, that God's own presence is with us, uniting us to Christ by faith and the power of His Spirit, that mystery is at the center of any Christian understanding of our bodies. Bodies are, are for so much more than mere earthly pleasure. They are for communion with the triune God. Do you know that communion, my friend? Are you distressed? Are you distracted by pleasure? Are you, are you distant from the God who's inviting you into pleasure forevermore in union with Him? Please don't let yourself miss out. Don't let filthy mud pies keep you from the succulent feast that God has invited you into through Christ. Your body is for communion. Your body is for communion and your body is for worship. Verses 19 and 20 say this, You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. The worship gets a bad rap. We tend to think of it as three chord pop songs laced with the word Jesus. Worship, glorifying God. This is what we were made for. Apart from a miraculous, supernatural work of redemption for us, we would have no hope of being able to glorify God with our bodies or with anything else. But in the resurrection, God has invited us into the symphony of His glory. We were bought with the price of God's own blood. But friends, we weren't bought to be made slaves. No, we were slaves. 
Christ's purchase of our body by the sacrifice of his own, that liberated us from slavery so that we could be who we were made to be. We were made to be worshipers of God and lovers of others. I pray today that you would stand back in wonder that you can glorify God in your body. We can glorify God because He has welcomed us into communion with Himself, a pleasure far greater than anything this earth has to offer. And the means that God has given us to bring Him glory, to worship Him, the means is obedience. Whether you're in the prime of life or you're slowly watching your body decay, I pray that you would remember what is ultimately true. Christ is risen. And we express faith in that sublime reality, not only in our minds, but with our bodies. Let's pray. Father, we praise you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in your infinite love, in your glorious wisdom, and in your earth-shattering grace. Please fill our hearts with, with faith and hope and love, and let us express these things with our bodies, with our lives, that others may see our good works and give glory to you, our Father in heaven. We pray this through the mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.